Ladies and gentlemen, this picture contains scenes which under no circumstance should be viewed by anyone with a heart condition or anyone who is easily upset. Hey, welcome back to Caustic Content, the show where two dear friends challenge each other to find the absolute worst thing streaming on the internet. Uh, joining me as always, I got Adam Myros here. Myros, how you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous again. I, I feel like I keep, uh, when we're switching off these co-hosts, I don't know, man. I, I, I feel like I keep picking the wrong slate for the wrong host. Oh, it's all about adaptability, baby. And that's why I'm the, uh, the, the LeBron James of Diarrhea Cinema. Also joining us today <laughs> is our, uh, our, our third party here, our neutral third party, Mr. Stephen Coleman. Coleman, how you doing? I'm good. Am I the diarrhea of judges? Yeah, you're the diarrhea. You're looking for, um, you know, consistency, uh, liquidity, um, and a sore taste, stomach, smell, texture. Coleman, mm. after last week, I would call you the the most solid of all judges. Oh. You're, not, you're not liquid like our our past judge, Colin. Do I do I pass <laughs> easily? You I'd pass say so. easily, Thank and he right. he has made some terrible decisions that have left him. Uh, well, maybe they've left me reeling on the toilet for days, but uh, I don't know. You you should just uh, consider. You, you'll I would say listen to the last episode, but you can't you can't even get a, a concept of, of what the fuck uh, won last last week uh, <laughs> without watching the film yourself. But uh, suffice to say, one of the very worst films we've covered on this episode somehow netted me a loss. I, it was staggering. Yeah, it's called Myros doesn't respect art. <laughs> and I, I think that's going to come back to bite him again this week. Uh, Myros, what are our rules, by the way? And this is a special episode, so make sure you, you get the uh, the caveat in as well. Uh, yeah, a special episode in that we are covering short films this week. So uh, uh, we should do this more often, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, feels a little better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the rules, as we lay them out, are that you, we're only allowed to use what the streaming service provides us uh, if they give us a trailer. Boy, that's nice. But if not, sometimes they just fly in blind. Uh, these can't be found footage films, just too redundant. We, we try to stay away from them. Uh, we have what we call the Godfrey Ho Clause, which is to say only one film per director is allowed in competition. And these can't be anything either of us have previously seen. Other than that, there you go. That's it. All right. Well, yeah, we, uh, we did short films this week. And, you know, not only... Did I choose a short film? But mine actually had uh, like 20 minutes of bloopers. So I, I feel like I did a better job than you automatically because I chose a film with, uh, you know, blooper reel to, to kind of ease the pain. But we're not going to talk about my movie first. We're going to talk about the Adam Myros choice, which is a little Christian film called Infidel. Now, if you're asking yourself, Steve, isn't Infidel a 2020 full length Christian film? that you know is it played at international festivals and yada 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 or isn't it like a, a 2010 ish comedy uh no those are different infidels this is the short film infidel uh which if you're wondering what it is just imagine a, a short like 30 minute hostage situation film uh where the joker has taken a bunch of christians hostage <laughs> and that's kind of where you're at played by um, a wish.com version of uh, seth rollins Yep, yep, exactly. <laughs> a very toothsome fellow, this guy. 
Oh, and the just the best voice out it out into. So the whole idea is the uh, the titular infidel, and we know that's that's who he is because he actually has it tattooed on his arm. It says infidel. So in case you were wondering, he breaks into this church, which we know is in any church USA, because that's that's what the title card tells us it is. He goes in. He uh, he says to the congregation, "All right." Anybody here who's not a Christian, you can leave. And a bunch of, bunch of, you know. A lot of people uh, leave. <laughs> a lot of people leave. Like, I'm going to say about nine-tenths of the congregation are like, fuck this. Which is kind of an indictment there. You're really throwing shade at your own church. Uh, very well, I mean, subversive. that's a common thing we've, we've encountered with these Christian films. They're often very, like, uh, self-indicting in a way. Yeah, and I don't know, is there, like... I wonder among contemporary Christians if there is a feeling that even within their own church, if there's some sort of like infighting or a feeling that like some people aren't as pious as they are or something like that. Like this really reeks of internal social politics and some certain hangups the the director or the writer may have had about their own church. But anyways, a bunch of people leave. And those that stay behind... Uh, well, uh, you know, the, the doors are, they're, they're like, he puts grenades and, and C4 explosives on the door so no one can get in or out. And, he pulls uh, does the pin thing. of the grenade. Yeah, he does pull the and pin. it never <laughs> explodes. Never explodes. I guess it's like leaning against the door in a way that holds the, the little squeezy part down, but I, I don't know how grenades work, but I don't think it's like that, to be honest. Um, but you know, what, I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get one from the army surplus store, uh, fill it up a little, you know, gunpowder and, and test it out myself and see how that. Well, functions. I mean, <laughs> uh, was there ever a grenade? I guess that's the, the great question posed by the finale. Mm. Of uh, maybe uh, the grenade was was never there. Yeah, we don't know this. This movie, it's it's quite artistic in its execution. Uh, it goes exactly <laughs> where you think it's going to go. And that's where Seth Rollins Joker. Um, he he seems to there's something uh, quite devilish, if you will, about <laughs> The infidel, and he seems to know more than your average terrorist would uh, would know, and he goes up to individual people and basically calls them out for their hypocrisy. So uh, there is a deaf woman and her husband, and uh, he goes to the husband and basically gets him to admit that he has committed uh, some some infidelity. But and, has he? Uh, has he? Yeah, I, he I just went know. to the strip club. I think. Just, really, oh, right? okay. I, I I thought I thought it was more than that, but I, yeah, he, he at least went to the strip club. But his wife wasn't well, happy. It about was it. it was that he basically doesn't give a shit about God. He was he was never a Christian. He's just there to placate his deaf wife, and yeah. uh, also he goes to the strip club. Also played Which by is, another Wish dot com actor for a Joe Latrulio. Mm, yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. It's, some great casting going on here. Uh, and then he just kind of like goes down the line, but he, but the, the central conceit here is he seems to know more about these people than he should. So, you know, there, the weirdest thing is there's like a Jewish guy and I, is, yeah, is he Jew like for Jesus. A Jew for Jesus? Oh, okay, so as gotta, soon as I saw that yarmulke, I thought this is going very anti-Semitic very quickly. <laughs> so you, you got, you, you got your Jew for Jesus. You got, um, your, your Cuban refugee, my favorite, you've got uh, a girl who I think she's supposed to be a teenager or like a, 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 a soon a soon to be young teen mother, but she definitely looks like she's like 28. And the whole shtick there is she's crying, not because she might die, but because she's worried about her baby. 
and her mom tried to make her get an abortion, but she said no, and now her baby's going to die anyways. Wah, wah. So this this continues until our big reveal and this is this is really where infidel shines uh because in my head i was thinking oh they're going to use like the power of of christian rhetoric to to break him down and and make him see the error of his ways and convert but no we get something one step better which is motherfucking jesus in a baseball cap shows up at the door <laughs> Like the Kenny Loggins <laughs> version of Jesus, too. Oh, yeah. Just Leech this guy looks hair. incredible. And I was thinking, I'm like, man, that's a terrible wig. And that's why they have him in this like baseball cap that's pulled down so far. But that's real <laughs> hair, which makes it even better. And then he uses the power of like Jesus stigmata to zap himself and the devil and then or the infidel who we assume is Satan or some agent of Satan. And then the, the cops come in and, and everything's fine. It's, I, I will say this, okay, for Infidel. This is, in terms of pure production value, this is a movie that is better made than I would say than anything that we have watched. It, it, I it think does. You're it, out of your mind, but it's, what, it's, what, what it's on we the high tier. What have we watched? I mean, that we've looks watched than things this? that are like real productions, like you, your show dogs and your what have you. I would say this mm-hmm. is. Kind of, kind of on the same tier as most of the Christian stuff we watch. It's, it's up there with oh, Kurt Cameron you, and uh, this is and the I, Trump I would, prophecy. This is. Uh, have we watched a Kurt Cameron movie? I think we watched Kurt Cameron on a different podcast. <laughs> oh well, okay, that's fair. Maybe. Uh, well, the Trump, the Trump prophecy it, it is a good comparison. The thing is, is like this is this is upper tier. This is like this is higher tier than like Road to Damascus. But it's it's that higher end indie trash film that still didn't cost a lot of money but this is for our podcast this is all the audio levels are fine the special effects Mm -hmm. aren't good but they're not garish the lighting is totally functional these actors seem like they've they've done something maybe outside of community theater or at least were coached up to seem like they were better than community theater everything about this is totally totally functional it's dumb as shit and it's also pretty racist, but <laughs> boy, howdy, it sure is a functional movie. I mean, yeah, that's the highest praise you could give to the thing, I suppose. It it, yeah. uh, it is what you'd expect. I, I think you probably give the actors a little too much credit or maybe the uh, the parishioners too little credit because I don't think this is has any outsourcing whatsoever. I think mm-hmm. this megachurch just bought a couple red cams and... Uh, yeah, they just uh, filmed their fucking yearly pageant play or what the fuck ever. And uh, <laughs> I feel like I've seen this a hundred times having attended Assemblies of God services in my youth. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's horrible, but uh, it is, it, it functions, it, it exists. There's nothing like glaringly wrong other than the rhetoric. <laughs> the, well, even with the rhetoric, this is kind of interesting to me too, because they... They sort of tap dance around, they try to tap dance around the obvious, like, racist, xenophobic undertones here. Um, The guy looks vaguely like Middle Eastern, so you're like, oh, I see what you're doing here. But when the infidel (laughs) speaks, he seems to be more of an atheist. So that's their way around things. But we know know what the true... (laughs) 
The true purpose yeah, of this is they because, still called it infidel. I mean, that, well, that in and yeah, of itself you, you, you is, is pretty a coded language. <laughs> I don't know. I I, I I was joking and I said that, that Infidel is better than Joker, which I, I mean, I was joking, but also it's kind of true. Uh, it's shorter. It's shorter. Yeah, it's a lot shorter. I happen to jump on the Infidel the movie Facebook page. And there's a great post from October 29, 2019. And it says, think Joker was scary? He's got nothing on <laughs> Infidel. Watch it for free on Amazon Prime. And there's a link. And then there's these hashtags, okay? If I may, uh, hashtag Joker, hashtag Batman, hashtag Infidel, hashtag Terrorists, and then, well, set your fucking, <laughs> your racism phasers to kill, hashtag Al Baghdadi. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> so it's like, it's just Jesus the mask Christ. comes off. So it's like, oh yeah, he was an atheist. And you know, I mean, there's Cubans. This takes place in Florida, more or less. You could tell like, why would you think, why would you think he's a Muslim? Why would you think that? But then, then, oh, hashtag the, the guy who like led the Islamic state of Iraq. And I think he, wasn't he the leader of the Mujahideen or something? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah, that, there you go. There's, there's your, your racism alarm. <laughs> uh, but that being said, the titular infidel, he's great. I love him. I love the gravel voice. I love how stupid everything. Yeah, that's right. I came in here to make you renounce your Christianity. Ha <laughs> ha. Boy, I'm going to get you. <laughs> I like how many times he's like, Speak into the mic. It's like, That's shut right. Fuck up. I'm going to hold a gun like a microphone. Doesn't that make you feel uncomfortable? <laughs> it's really good stuff. <laughs> Which, by the way, this is actually, this is my demo reel. I want to I be an infidel, too. Call me up, George Montiero. <laughs> it's the, it, it is, he's fine. I mean, he carries the movie as it is perfectly fine, honestly. But it, it's just the parishioners and, uh, they're fucking stock stories. That that's where things fall the fucked apart. I, I mean, especially like the Castro shit. Holy God, it's like I <laughs> I don't I don't even know what to say. It was good. Like if, if I was making a like a, a just a parody of of all these Christian to tropes that they have in in their films, this is like the greatest hits. It really is like a thirty minute condensed version. It's like outside force that you attribute to evil when it's in fact your own xenophobia and then all of your internal stories are just like basic ass shit like we hate immigrants but this cuban guy's okay <laughs> that's a classic one or uh yeah, mommy tried to make me get an abortion but i said no classic um uh oh they love talking about like porn addiction sex addiction titty club addiction yeah what didn't the pastor i think the pastor was like a porn addict or something they never say oh. explicitly it's like you got all these pictures on your computer and he just it's i guess it's implied that it could be porn but like i'm more concerned like well, what type of porn <laughs> like if it's just regular porn like you know, who cares but like are they implying it's like child god pornography <laughs> like, yeah god god cares well they, they try to paint in extremely broad strokes like like the suggestion of infidelity but the guy just goes to the strip club and his his wife is is mad because i don't know i i don't i don't understand it, it's it's weird because just the way they frame it 
it, it makes you uncomfortable the lack of detail you're given and it's it's just all kind of confusing but you get that they... especially when you factor in the, the teenage girl who is uh accused by the infidel of adultery and then you've got this nebulous stuff with the pastor and all of a sudden she's really into jesus and I'm uh, like, i don't know i don't like this seems like she was knocked up by a married youth pastor or something mm -hmm. well and everything has to be orchestrated too to a, to a higher degree so it's not just that the the girl chose not to get an abortion it's her mom tried to make her get an abortion it's not just the guy's going to the titty club and his wife doesn't like it it's his wife is is deaf and and he needs breasts that can hear or something i don't know they just everything is just ramped the fuck up and it's it's just so like it would be emotionally manipulative if this movie wasn't like just comically over the top and inept at the same time. Yeah, yeah, it's a it is just a, a very Protestant mega churchy pageant play. That's what oh, this is. We just watched right. it. Great. Love uh, it. You love know, it. Go, uh, go attend your local assemblies of God for six months and you'll see this very same thing two or three times. I, I think I'd rather watch the 32-minute version. <laughs> why do I have to go to church for six months? <laughs> well, you know, uh, you don't. That's why Amazon Prime is here. They've just, they just helped us out. They've saved us six months. But, you know, mm. those services, they, they insist on them being three hours long for some reason. And sometimes you gotta, you got to fill time. So they make yeah. Infidel, and they ship it out to their local regions, and they just play it on a big uh, fucking projector screen. Mm -hmm. I mean, say what you will about the Catholic Church, but at least they're not bothering making movies like this. So <laughs> we got that going on. This is true. <laughs> Coleman, is this the best thing you've ever seen? Probably. Yeah. See? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, I can't believe uh, nobody's mentioned a teenage mom who's closer to 30 than she is to 18 taking a hit to the head with a Bible and no-selling it. <laughs> she did no-sell the Bible whack. Is that supposed to mean that the Bible can't actually hurt you? I don't know. That's good. That's a nice deeper reading of Infidel. I appreciate that. Because, <laughs> I mean, I saw that. I was like, oh, shit, the baby. But mm -hmm. then she just got up like nothing. Well, she, all... she was she had Bible armor as well. You know? Yeah, armor of God. It's very important. <laughs> a scene of actual violence that's in the film, besides like shot, shooting the gun. But yeah, I thought this. I I, I mean, again, I, I'm not going to uh, defend this. It is the most generic thing you'll ever see in your life. But it is. I, the trailer makes it look even more incompetent than you would than it ends up being because it it focuses on that opening salvo, which is just like that horrible contempo Christian friggin folk garbage, mm -hmm. and uh, all these like Dutch angles and the fucking frame rate motion blur nonsense of like a crowd jambling about, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna just be painful to watch, but it settles the fuck down. I'll, I'll give it that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, you know, we may not have loved Infidel, but uh, a lot of people, quite a few, in fact, uh, on, on Amazon seem to be big, big fans. Uh, and it's it's my favorite kind of thing, too, because obviously th there's a there's a moral lesson here. And it's like, do not, uh, you know, renounce the name of, of Jesus Christ and, and you'll be saved or whatever. Uh, although I guess in this situation, the, the people who, who stood firm, they were saved, but also the people who, who were like, nah, fuck that, and left, they were fine too. So I guess it goes both ways. But anyways, um, 
A lot of five-star reviews. DJS says, please watch, dot, 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 and never, ever renounce Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. Emphasis on the all caps words. This life is so short and fleeting. We are all dust in the wind. But eternity with him will last forever. The evil one will try to pull you off of your path, but stay strong and ask that the blood of Jesus Christ protect and save you. Man, that's... Is that what the Kansas song was about? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Watch and think about the message. So many in the free world don't know or don't care. This movie just isn't a movie. It is a lesson of good and evil and how close it is to home. Uh, Five stars, a decision of life and death, a wonderful movie. What would you do if you were in this situation? When faced with this type of question, uh, would I actually have the courage to stand up for Jesus? I believe I would. A lot of these, a lot of five stars. And they're like, yeah, I would have been one of the good guys, but not the good guy going to the strip club. Everybody here thinks they would have been like the Jewish guy. That's. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I'd be out the fucking door in a second. Yeah, I, I would. I would be out the door. Um, but yeah, I, I, pretty much all these five star reviewers, they, they all like mentioned like, oh, I would I would definitely if challenge, I would definitely they all think they're the Jewish guy when in fact, they're all like super anti-Semitic on their parlor accounts, most likely. Um, <laughs> Which separating I mean, to the be real fair, from the fake Christians. <laughs> that, that guy wasn't going to get very far. Like he had a walker. I mean, he wasn't very mobile. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was just stuck there. Yeah, I mean. When <laughs> really like the people that are stuck there, there's like the elderly, a pregnant woman. Like it's mostly people who just can't get around. So, you know, Wait, that guy dies too. Doesn't he? Doesn't he just keel over dead at the end? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they call the ambulance. We don't know if he dies or not, but you know, well, I mean, I assume he went to be with his good pal, blonde Jesus. Yeah. Blonde baseball. Blonde blue eyed Jesus. Angels in the outfield. <laughs> incredibly like chiseled chest jesus with like the, i think i think most of the budget for this film actually went to uh the the spear wound uh, effect on on jesus's side so good on that that. Was, that was pretty good it was good it was nice i don't see a uh a, a bug like this movie doesn't seem to, it, it's it's hard to search for in general but i don't see it on imdb so i i can't get a, a bead on the listed oh. budget I, I would recommend looking for the uh, director, the director, Mr. Uh, uh, Greg Montero, George Montero. That's right. I was close. I, I don't think you're going to get a budget here. It's it's whatever. I, <laughs> it all comes from tithing. Uh, yeah, it, it's not important, but sometimes it can be illuminating, as in perhaps our second film, because uh, there's, there's a strange discrepancy in, in what you would think the budget would be and what it actually is. Mm-hmm. Well, the one thing that I, I am going to leave you with before we move on to our second film is uh, where was this shot? You know, it, the movie says it takes place in any church USA, but I think the inclusion of a Cuban immigrant plus palm trees in the opening shot suggests Florida. And wouldn't you know, it was filmed in Florida. And, uh, you know, Coleman, do you want to take a guess at what city in Florida this was filmed in? (laughs) Tampa. Oh, so close. Plantation, Florida. And that's all Uh you need to know. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Whoops-a-daisy. All right. Well, let's move on to (laughs) uh, something a little different, I guess. My film that I chose for this week, it didn't have a trailer, but it had one of the most powerful, powerful images I have ever seen for a, um, 
a movie poster associated with it on Amazon Prime. And I actually recommended this short film format for this week because I had to have this movie. I had to have it. So Rivershine, a short film directed by Elena Altman. Um, it, wrong, different kind of Altman, in case you're wondering. I'm guessing no relation, but uh, I've been wrong before. Myros, what is Rivershine exactly? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I honestly could not describe the plot of this movie to you, but um, it's special. I'll say that. I, I, I kind of I kind of dig this movie. <laughs> I, You're a terrible liar. <laughs> I, I'm not lying. I, I got... Man, there's something going on with this that is uh, bizarre. Like, I, I feel like if this were played at a film festival I was judging, I'd be like, and we're going to give a meme award to this fucking... <laughs> holy shit. I, I guess it's about a bartender who's poisoning people with some sort of algae mm-hmm. uh, yeah and the effects that this has on a town and uh, a family uh, that that's about the, the way i would boil it down although it's ambiguous as to there's a whole setup about how they're being the town is being poisoned by some sort of industry uh, their water supply being replaced with toxic waste. But then, in fact, all of the poisoning that's taking place seems to be deliberate and uh, related specifically to uh, a particular drink at a bar. Yeah, I, I was a little confused about this, too, because, you know, y you don't get much from the Amazon description. It literally says, a town under investigation for chemical leak-related deaths. However, what it looks like isn't always what it is, which that's not a, a functional sentence either, just for the record. It's but, also the description on IMDb as well. That's yeah. word for word. Thank you, Elena. Uh, Elena Altman, who I'm assuming <laughs> wrote that. Um, I, I don't think the town is under investigation for anything. There's talk of, well, like you said... Well, there's that reporter. Yeah, but she's not, she's not investigating the town... Or some sort of, like, she doesn't seem to be investigating corporations specifically, right? Like, she's just I think interested. She's, she says she's investigating suspicious deaths related to a refinery. Okay, okay. So, I guess? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. She's and also in the movie for, like, uh, four minutes, so take yeah. that for what's worth. Round, roundabout, roundabout. Um, I, I don't know. Coleman, what did you make of this one? I... I, I... I don't even know how you were all able to retain that much information because I just couldn't. <laughs> I was completely lost. You um, know, and, and no one can blame you for that because I'm also pretty sure that our, I, 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 get, I don't know if he's the protagonist, but he's the, the primary male lead. He's got something going on where you can't, I, 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 he can't, he can't really speak clearly. Let's just I felt say that. really uncomfortable whenever he was on screen. Same. It's very like, I uncomfortable. feel like he probably didn't want to be there. Maybe shouldn't have been there. Like mm -hmm. he clearly was recovering from something. I don't know if it was a stroke, but I yeah. I want to know the backstory here because this this is a thing. It's bizarre because this has like I mean it doesn't have real quote unquote actors in it. But say like the doctor, she's a fine actress. She's got. A ton of credits mostly background work but nonetheless she's mm -hmm. like a working actress uh and then 
you have this person yet you build around this guy who yeah he's uh, he definitely seems to have some medical issue or something going on it's this very bizarre choice mm-hmm. it's uh it's it's really uncomfortable and Speaking then, of bizarre choices, what about that fucking score? That's what we got to talk oh, about. Oh, this is where the movie really shines. Um, <laughs> I, I, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit the volley over here to uh, Mr. Coleman, where I, I'm going to say I, I watched the credits because I watched the bloopers at the end for funsies. And I, I don't recall them attributing the score to anyone in particular. So my question to you, Stephen Coleman, is... Do you support my theory that no one wanted to pay for or had the ability to write a score for this movie? So either Elena Altman or one of the other writer-producers decided that they would literally just kind of grab a keyboard and figure it out. Oh, absolutely. Because that's the vibe that I'm getting. Like, if, if I were, if somebody put like a, a fucking Moog synthesizer in front of me, and I sat down, I was just like, I'm going to dick around with a synthesizer that I have access to. This, the score to this movie is what I would make. It's just like, ooh, I found the farty noise. Yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> not composed by someone who can read music. That's, that's 100% for certain. Like, no, it is just all over town. <laughs> it reminded me a little bit of the uh, MTV music generator from the early 2000s. Yes. Software you could put in and... <laughs> Suddenly, you were a master producer. Mm-hmm. That's a, a great example. Uh, and the other thing is, is it's fearless in its execution because it. It's, it's, it's fearless. Like that's for sure. They're they're. I mean, they're just going for it because it's constant. This this score never lets up. I think in the last like ten minutes or so of the movie, I think there's no score for about two and a half minutes, and it's noticeable. Because you're like, wait, wait a second. Where's the where's the weird synthy fart music, and <laughs> it just goes away. And then on top of that, the synth is like the only thing that's coming through clearly. So if you're watching this on a TV, it's it's one of those fun ones where you crank the volume up to like 99 so you can hear the dialogue, and then the fart synth comes in. You crank it back down to 20. If you watch this with headphones on, it's like an audio assault on your brain. Because it's also fucking stereo mix, like the the fucking bullshit keyboards, like swirling around your head. It's like, what? <laughs> who took the time to do this? I know. That's why I'm, I'm glad. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm putting on the pricey headphones for this one. I really got a bask in the <laughs> seven point one surround sound Dolby Atmos <laughs> mix of farts in. <laughs> It's great. It's like if they put out if they put out a, an OST for this, it would have to come out like one of those special like Blu-ray discs that's just music, and <laughs> that's how you listen to it. <laughs> so this movie does not have any credited uh, soundtrack. The only sound department worker credited is a boom operator, and yet, even though that's the most remarkable aspect of this thing, there are there are in fact nine credited writers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, actually, I don't find that hard to believe. Yeah, it's <sighs> like everybody was assigned one scene, but they didn't actually talk about what the story was or anything, and then they just glued it together. It's great. I I, I don't know. Like, I, there's there's so many things that are just. I mean, they're not only weird, but they're just, just completely like disconcerting. You're like, how, what, uh, it just yanks you out of it 
in a violent way. These people keep going to this doctor who is ostensibly a a, a good person, like a, a good guy in, in this whole scheme of, of poisoning people. And yet she like people come in they're like yeah i'm i'm hallucinating like violent hallucinations having seizures and vomiting and she's just like well it's probably depression because your wife left you like what i don't think that's the solution. that's the answer i guess that i mean there are three characters who are poisoned separately in this film and it just repeats their plight over and over again. So first, well, I guess there's four eventually, but the, it, it starts with the captain, whoever the fuck the captain is. He's, I believe, <laughs> one of the two people in the open who are incoherently mumbling about uh, uh, a candidate who's running for president as a hoax, which just made me think of Vermin Supreme, and they were talking about how he would have solved the water crisis, and I'm like... Is this movie about the Flint water crisis and how Vermin Supreme would have fucking cracked the case? And, uh, yeah, then we move on and the captain has been poisoned by this bartender. And uh, he's, he's hallucinating at the doctor's office about being choked. And she's like, I don't know. Seems normal to me. Uh, your blood work looks great. And then he just keels over dead. And immediately mm -hmm. his his best pal father uh, as he's credited who is the, the gentleman who's struggling his way through this thing um he receives a, a shot of the old river shine and uh proceeds to go through the exact same thing to the exact same doctor who knows that they have a, a pre-existing relationship as he was mm -hmm. he was with the captain uh when he had his fit in the doctor's office so he he comes to the doctor like a month later and it's like boy hallucinating vomiting she's like well it must be grief and you're like what the fuck's <laughs> happening is this doctor like in on the, the the poisoning plot or something and uh no no she's she seems to be a protagonist of sorts father keels over dead of course after having crazy hallucinations that that mirror the captain's own and his new russian bride who has not been introduced in the film at all until father's passing uh immediately receives a shot of river shine uh on her own i i don't even know it's not even related Just wanders the, into the bar yeah you think it'd be yeah, like the more bartender like has like exited the film essentially she's no mm -hmm. longer related to this family but the stepmother just happens to go into the bar and get a shot of Rivershine out of the blue. Yeah. And, and uh, she has plenty of motivation to like seek this woman out and poison her because she's with her man. But that's not really explained. And the whole Russian no. bride thing is bizarre to me because before uh, uh, father, <laughs> before he keels over dead, he breaks up with the, the, the Rivershine bartending lady and he says explicitly, like, I found someone new. And in a conversation previously, when he's talking to his friend, who, would, who is the one that, that dies first from the river shine, <laughs> the guy's like, oh, the man. Captain. Yeah, the captain. He's like, you got to go see this doctor. She's a, a sexy lady. Love this doctor. You know, you got you to gotta meet someone new like this doctor that I have. And then so you think in your head, oh, He's dating the doctor now, but no, he just literally went to see the doctor and he, and he bought a, a mail order bride that we are not introduced to until she's poisoned. Like you said, it's, 
lunacy. I, <laughs> like what? Right. Yeah. So then the mail order bride goes to the same doctor again uh, mm-hmm. on uh, unspecified amount of time later, but but presumably quite soon, uh, reporting the exact same symptoms. And uh, the doctor's like, well, must be grief. Like, you can't. What are we doing here? She's got to be culpable or we can't just make this character like this incompetent. I, I don't it's really understand. Dumb. I I guess that the only reason for the Russian bride to have even gone back to the doctor is just so you could uh, work in some of that hot lesbian action. Vince McMahon. Oh, style. yeah. They love it. <laughs> This movie needs more titties. Yeah, it's just, I mean, that's that's what it turns into is like, I, I don't know, these these hallucinations up to this point are, are primarily violent. And then all of a sudden it's just like, well, no, we're going to have a, a, a girl on girl scene where two people at a doctor's office just kind of like dry hump on each other's laps. And then a, a boob falls out for half a second. And it's, that, again, with like, We've been here before with other films, seeing non-professional actors like in any form of nudity makes me extremely uncomfortable. Yeah, at least we didn't see a butthole this time. That's true. (laughs) Although I would say that the actor playing the bartender, she really was very committed to that role. And I think that that was, you know, at least she seemed very in on it. But Uh yeah. Yeah, I, well, I, would I mean, it's 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 a fine line of whether to call these people professional actors. Like these, I I guess we could get into the production at some stage. Not that I want to leave behind the film entirely yet, but they are doing something. They're making movies in this fucking Bay Area, blah blah blah. But she's got forty credits to her name, and I, I think the doctor had over a hundred. So it's not like these are complete amateur actors they're mm-hmm. not working in like real films for the most part at least not in speaking roles but yeah they they're are willing actors. to come to a casting call for rivershine i, I think it's so. more like they're clearly not getting paid very much though no no i don't this know is... this movie has a, a surprisingly <laughs> high budget <laughs> well that was all to this went to the soundtrack that's true i, I don't know i i there's something bizarre about this that I, I i understand any trepidation with it and it is uh it it's nonsense like it doesn't function at all like i i have no idea what the point of any of it is or mm-hmm. uh, this what is the symbolism here what is the actual concrete plot it's all specious we'll say that uh but yeah it kind of devolves into this art film like montage sequence at the end and i guess the reporter is poisoned by the russian bride who has morphed into the bartender for some reason and uh no no we've we haven't even touched on the uh again the beginning of this movie is just unbelievable yeah it goes it goes full like film school short film at the end where it's just like i i watched lost highway and the holy mountain and now i i do movie stuff uh, it's right, just yeah. like <laughs> a bunch of mishmash of images that ev- like evoke no emotion and aren't really linked to anything. And it's it's just it doesn't do anything. Well, we have the beginning. I, I want to touch on briefly with the, the like Disney princess nonsense and like the 
the evil stepmother who is the bartender <laughs> father and stepdaughter are living with bartender uh these are all their credited names by the way um and we're meant to understand that there's some friction in the household and and this is illustrated by a breakfast scene wherein uh the the bartender delivers the daughter a uh, a plate full of burned up food oh but what, and what then, but remember what she does before that Oh yeah, doesn't she uh, like wipe her ass on it or so? she oh, does yes, something the to the toothbrush. food? She takes yeah. out her toothbrush and scrubs the toilet for Hell a really yeah. long time. She also time. seems to have uh, put some sort of astringent in her facial moisturizer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Yes, yes, we we have a direct toothbrush in the toilet type thing, and uh, classic. Beyond, yeah. So the breakfast proceeds, and the daughter says, "Oh, I wanted sunny side up." So the bartender. Goes, grabs a raw egg, and smashes it on her head. And the dad's just like, no, seems fine to me. It's like, it's uh, good for her hair. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it's hard to describe how much joy I was getting out of this sequence. Just because the whole time there's this fucking score going on. Like, boop, 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 boop. And I'm like, okay, we're, we're out of something here. This is, this is gold. We found it. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's interesting to say the least. Uh, <clears throat> there's there's not a lot out there that's that's like Rivershine. I'll I'll say that it's uh, whew, it's it's on its own wavelength. <laughs> now again, we've been pretty hard on the old Rivershine, but I'm sure someone out there loves this film. And wouldn't you know, it's got one five star written review on Amazon. And uh, it's from a little person named Elena Altman, who you may remember from 10 minutes ago when we told you she was the director of the film. So Elena writes, this film takes you on a weird ride through visions and thrills. Very mind mingling, suspenseful film. (laughs) Thought. Yeah. And and, well, yeah. And she likes saying mind mingling so much. The title of the view is actually very mind mingling, suspenseful film. She's like, that's the big suspenseful is misspelled, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Suspenseful. It's it's very suspenseful. And I will uh, also note that bartender is misspelled in the uh, IMDb credits as well. mm, That's good. That's good. Uh, But yeah, it's it'll make your it'll make your brain engage with small talk with other brains, I guess. Quick question. Is mm-hmm. Elena Altman the person that we see in the reflection in the mirror when the daughter's face is burned by the uh, facial astringent shit? Ooh, it's <laughs> question. Be, right? The damn goth daughter. Uh, <laughs> so I, I didn't even notice that. I, yeah, I feel like I got to go back and rewatch. It stood yeah, out to me. I mean, it's Easter pretty subtle. You can still clearly see somebody pointing a camera at her in the reflection of the mirror. <laughs> That's good. I know That's Elena good. Altman. It does not appear like credited in this film, but she does act in a lot of these uh, making movies by the bay or what the fuck ever this thing's called. Uh, she movie is making the CEO throughout the bay. Of, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I got to imagine that's her in the outtakes, right? She's probably the one giving direction, direction. to yeah. the uh, actress. And mm-hmm. so I would have assumed based on the composition of this cast and the broken English in the descriptions and the review and the credits that we were dealing with like an Eastern European woman, probably. Mm-hmm. But in, it, it does not seem so at all in, in these outtakes. She seems very much to be an American. Uh, and she was born in San Francisco, I believe. And that is where this movie was produced. So I, I don't know exactly 
what the Eastern European aspect of this is with the with a lot of the casting and uh well really i mean your american probably could just stand to copy edit some of the stuff a little more thoroughly in the Zaltman. sorry sorry to say it i mean you're a ceo and i am not so what the fuck do I know? <laughs> it's got a point there it's got a really good point well you know last thing i will say is the part that sticks with me the most from this movie is actually the uncle um <laughs> Mostly because he has this very bizarre relationship where I, I believe his role is supposed to be as like an alternate father figure, like a sympathetic relative who is there to support the goth daughter. But uh, because he is clearly uncomfortable on camera and not a professional actor, it makes the whole thing uncomfortable and kind of creepy. So like there's a part where they're like looking out at the ocean and he's supposed to like tenderly put his arm around oh, her shoulder geez. in a way that says like i am here to support you but because he's so hesitant about it it just comes off as like him making a creepy unwanted like move on her <laughs> and then there's a complete throwaway scene where they're talking in the kitchen about the stepmom and then he talks about how like at, they were at the funeral or something and i and he like banged the bartender or something is that right no he but banged a, yeah. uh, he banged oh, the, the russian woman, bride the russian bride he banged yeah. the russian bride and we, yeah. we we are we are also led to believe that she was a bad mother as, as well but so and, and apparently her and the bartender look like this girl's mom there's this whole weird thing swirling around here well, none I think of it's the mom good. is played by the bartender i think it's mm -hmm. the same actress for both roles yeah, uh, it's just it's it's all just deeply uncomfortable at the end of the day. So um, that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, that is very strange, especially the actor who plays the uncle Manuel Camacho, obviously Hispanic in, in some fashion. And that no, no one else in the cast is. So the fact that he's the uncle and is also like lascivious towards every woman in the film in, in a way, it just makes for a very strange uncomfortable atmosphere whenever mm -hmm. he's on screen and yeah you would think that this movie was built around the daughter the stepdaughter as as credited like that she seems like the central character we open on her narration it seems to be about her family but she just yeah, it's her point of leaves. view she fucking yeah. leaves the film like mm -hmm. uh maybe halfway through it honestly we get one last scene that scene with the uncle where he's talking about having sex with the Russian bride and then uh, taking her to school, I guess is, is <laughs> the last, I think that's the last scene she's in, in the film outside of, I think she's part of, of one of the like hallucinations. Mm -hmm. Oh, ab absolute chaos here. Absolute yeah. chaos. So Myros, you know, what, do you, how are you going to defend infidel? Why is infidel the worst film? Give me your hard sell. Well, I'm not defending Infidel. I'm defending fucking Rivershine because it's uh, <laughs> it's much more remarkable to me. Like, uh, I Infidel is the worst film because I can't even barely remember that I just saw it. I mean, I have a lot of questions about this whole movie making throughout the Bay business and their hundred fifty thousand dollar budget for this film, which seems goddamn insane. Uh maybe everyone got paid well, or maybe there's some sort of laundering going on I, who could speak to what but, i'm guessing uh, the the imdb estimated budget is a little off 
you never do know. This is an incorporated business in San Francisco. Uh, you could just be looking at a shell game of sorts. Mm. Uh, that would that would be just as likely to me. But um, you know, either way, I don't know. I whatever Colin was was seeing in that fucking key lime voodoo movie. I guess <laughs> I'm seeing here. Like to me, this this being a short film and not out overstaying its welcome and just being complete fucking nonsense with the most absurd score i've ever heard in a film i was on board i i was here for this shit so I, i'd say infidel is the worst film merely because who the fuck cares i've seen it a thousand times i i, I this thing is Better than a, Joker. a diamond in the rough <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my hard sell here on on Rivershine being the the worst of the two films that we watch. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's pretty cut and dry. Infidel is a movie with it, it's it's got structure. It's competently mm-hmm. lit. It's competently acted. There's a, a pretty it, it, it's a narrative, and that that story is told very clearly. Is it generic? Of course. Is it great? No. Uh, there's actually a standout performance here. Um, the titular infidel it's it was you know cheesy and stupid but i I, i'm not gonna forget that dumb voice the all right anyone who's not a christian can leave Ah!" like it's just it's just like comic super villain over the top it's not a good movie it's trash and it's deeply racist but but it's a movie uh, would River you call Shine, it? Uh, would you call it an atrocity or a curiosity? We we got to stick to our rigid formatters. Oh yeah, these these are both atrocities. End of the day, I, I don't want to watch. There's nothing. <laughs> these are both atrocities. Oh, um, I really? See, uh, Riverside, uh, Riverside is is uh, fucking firmly Riverdale. a curiosity in my mind. It is absolutely <laughs> a curiosity. I would watch it. I, I would recommend. I, the I would buy the soundtrack. It. I would buy the soundtrack. It but is. It, it is yeah, one yeah, of the infidel is atrocity. It, it's it's not. On the grand scale of atrocity committed by this podcast, it is a, a minor atrocity. But minor atrocity. Who the fuck <laughs> wants to watch it? Yeah, uh, I mean, Coleman, you're you're the deciding vote here. So, how you going, buddy? Yeah, you know, Myrus, you mentioned something about Rivershine not overstaying its welcome. I have to disagree with that. I, even though this is a short film, I was very much. I don't know if it's just a matter of being lost and disoriented. <laughs> throughout the process but uh eventually i was looking at my watch towards the end of this film i was deeply suffering um infidel at least like cuff said it was competent it was it had a structure i kind of knew where it was going i didn't enjoy it necessarily but other than it just being something to easily kind of wash over me uh it didn't upset me that much uh River Shine upset me a little bit. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I've got to go at River Shine. Well, Beautiful. that's probably a, a logical choice. I, I don't personally agree, but uh, <laughs> unlike last week, I, I don't exactly feel wrong. This is, a, <laughs> this is a, a choice that makes some amount of sense. I don't know, though. I, I'm going to stand by the fact that for me, River Shine... If you're looking to dabble in any of this fucking muck, uh, this might be one to to at least pop on. Because again, it is it is short, and it it does overstay its welcome. If we're being honest, it's just it overstays its welcome 
far less than the average thing that we watch on this podcast. Mm -hmm. I actually, you know, there was a negative review for Infidel that said, like, I watched this for 10 minutes and had to turn it off because it sucked. I would apply that to Rivershine right now. So if you're listening and, and you want to get uh, a, a taste of of some of the, the dreck that we watch, I think the first 10 minutes of Rivershine will, will entertain you sufficiently. Uh, you get the fart synth, you get the bizarre acting, you get the strange story structure, you, you get kind of all of it in that little capsule before it, it spins out of control and is no longer entertaining. So, uh, yeah, watch the first 10 minutes of Rivershine. <laughs> that's, that's a big takeaway. All right, well, uh, if you're listening to this podcast right now, do us a big favor. There's two links in the description. What I need you to do is click the first one. That'll take you to our iTunes page. Please give us a five-star written review. There's actually, after you click that link, it'll be another link on the iTunes page right there. It says, write a review. Click on that. Give it five stars. Just write, you know, I'm the director of Rivershine and Adam Myros is an asshole. Whatever you need to do. Um, five stars. That'll help us out a ton. Helps the visibility. More visible we are, uh, the more people will see our content. More people see our content, the more we can do for you. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to help us out monetarily, podcasting is expensive. We just had to get uh, Mr. Coleman a, uh, a pop filter for his microphone so we can bring better, high-quality audio to you, dear listeners. And how do we pay for, for such extravagance? And the answer is through your support. So uh, if, if you got a couple extra bucks you can throw us every month, that would be great. For just $3, you not only help us out, but we give something back to you. There's exclusive podcasts. There's uh, all kinds of uh, old written and podcast content that you can't get anywhere else. It's all Patreon exclusive. So check that out. Throw us some cash if you got it. If you don't got it, it's fine. There's a, there's a pandemic. What am I going to twist your arm right now? Come on. Uh <laughs> oh, Steve, let me let me just say we do like to talk to these directors, by the way. Elena yes. Altman, you want to reach out? We we would love to interview you. I'm very curious about uh, whatever in God's name movie making throughout the Bay Inc. is. Uh, it fascinates me, and we would love to have you on the podcast to discuss this because I think you 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 may have gotten some flack here, but you did make something uh, very intriguing. Mm -hmm. Now, same same goes for George Montiero. Call us up, baby. We're here for you. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, maybe we'll pass that, George. By the George, we're not going to answer your call. Sorry. <laughs> I, I would probably start to feel like the the titular infidel if if I had to have an interview with him. <laughs> Renounce your movie making career. <laughs> Do it now. Uh yeah. Anyways, uh, Mr. Coleman, thank you once again for for being on and uh, casting that deciding vote. Myros, what's the scoreboard say right now? Uh, you're just taking a three to one lead against me. Oh. Feels good, baby. Feels good to be well, a champion. Well, keep in mind, I am still holding the belt. I am defending season one champion. I was down last season, and uh, we're down again. But we're going to come roaring back. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're like you're like uh, you're like the Celtics after Larry Bird retires. Man, that's where you're at right now. Just a bunch of just an old broken down team, just looking back at what it was like to be a champion, and just just being nostalgic for those golden years that are never going to come back to you. So, uh, yeah, with that said, uh, we will see you next time. And, uh, yeah, that's about it.